0: Hi everyone, I'm Duncan. And I'm Lyle. And we're here to tell you about the ACAST supporter feature.
1: If you enjoy this podcast and fancy going one step further in supporting the QLC, hit the link in the
0: show description to find out more. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. What's not to like? Thank you so much, everyone. And enjoy this episode. The
1: Quarter Life Chronicle.
0: Hello! Hello! (laughs) Hello. Welcome back to the Quarter Life Chronicles with me, Duncan. And me, Lyle. Now you may be wondering, listeners, where the hell have you been? Where have you been? Well, we're sorry, firstly. We have been, we've been cruel. We've been been cruel. We said we'd be back in a few weeks. That turned into months. Yeah. We're sorry. Before you know it.
1: Months become years. And we thought we've got to stop the rot here. Uh, we, are, we are deeply apologetic. As we should be. Uh, but we are back. And Dunks, it's a pleasure to be able to announce that. We we offered a little teaser of what was to come on, on one drunken night in Hammersmith a few episodes back. Don't uh, when we it. did it, we don't, don't remember, it. Don't remember uh, it. With good reason. Uh, we did a bit of an intro in person, but yeah. myself and Dunks are officially here in the same In the room, same room. And you are about to hear an episode that is done entirely in the same room. Entirely. Uh, which is well, quite extraordinary. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, I might go to the loo. <laughs> you know.
1: And I'm, I might need to go to the fridge.
0: Yeah. Lyle has, in the last half an hour, Lyle has spilt half of his beer on the carpet <laughs> for no real apparent reason other than he can't drink properly. Right. Let me, let me talk you through <laughs> the physics
1: of... And, and arguably the chemistry... No
0: one wants to hear the physics. And one.
1: ultimately the biology of what's <laughs> happened, right? So, okay, that's, I, I suppose I suppose it's best to start at the end. I'm surrounded by beer and shame. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I put some beers in the freezer because I was like, Dunks is coming over, I was super excited... There's an opportunity to get this episode done. I was really, really buzzing. But, as uh, listeners will know, provided we release this uh, within a sensible amount of time of recording... Next year. It's very hot. Yeah, if, unless unless we release it in the next week, we'll have to wait until next summer for this gag to make any sense. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's too hot. It's, Probably too hot. It's too hot. It could be too hot. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's very warm, so I put some beers in the freezer, and Duncan's beer has behaved very sensibly. Very fine. My beer has behaved very badly now coincidence you might think that dunks has done very well with his freezer beer and i have not it could be i hear you say you're just not drinking properly well guess what this beer that i'm drinking is fa- is just far too excited yeah and it's exploded in my mouth is it, the beer is <laughs> excited for the return of the pod <laughs> hey, that's basically and why wouldn't it be, why wouldn't it be? Uh, and that that brings us right back to why we are here so it's episode 12 listeners episode 12 of 12. The finale. Right. Yeah, the
2: the finale. long-awaited
1: finale. The long-awaited finale. <laughs> In true Star, and the comparisons, I've heard the comparisons, you know. But the the Court Life Chronicles is essentially friends. Yeah. The, it's the friends We're like, of global podcast. This is like the Gavin and
0: Stacey special. This is it, yeah. Least years after years later, the final season. You know,
1: and uh, if, if we were streaming live on YouTube, they'd be like, oh,
0: they're just too old to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, if, and if we were on camera right now, you would totally agree. <laughs> we do look too old to be doing this. The last two months have not been kind
1: for all sorts of reasons which we might get into. I mean, they've certainly not been kind for one of us. Dunk's had a great couple of months. Haven't? Uh,
0: um,
1: well, we will get into it. <laughs> if, if, if you haven't. Don't speak for me, love. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. How dare you? Um, but yeah, it's great to be back. And what we're doing in episode 12, is we are just going to have a little bit of a chat about what we've enjoyed about this series so far. We're going to look forward, I think, to next series, Mm. because there will be, we can offer an exclusive, there will be a second series.
0: There will be a season two. There will be a season two. It will be different to season one, I can assure you of that. It it, it was in danger of falling away, but it's been picked up by ourselves. (laughs) Uh, We're we're back again. Yeah, we will be back, Um, we will be back, and we will be back better because I will not say we're gonna be back the other word. Because we're stealing it, Lyle. We are stealing it. So I'm gonna say we'll be back I mean I can't better. I can't say I'm not disappointed. Hang on. We'll be back fitter. <laughs> Hashtag backfitter sounds <laughs> it <is>. unsettlingly brilliant. <laughs> I love that. That's it, guys. Right, whenever you talk about the, the pod in any kind of social media, you have to put backfitter. I mean
1: it sounds brilliant. It's also a massive lie. Uh, I'm significantly know. less fit than uh, I was. I'd say we're quite fit. Um, but hey, like, uh,
0: listeners, you can't see our faces right now, but you know. I think that's, that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> Things are going well. No, look, we're we're going to be back for season two, um, and we're going to be back with even more brilliant guests. And we're really excited about that. But this episode twelve, our final episode of the series, is just an opportunity for us to have a chat about. Some of the brilliant guests we've had on the series, um, this first series we've had, some of our favourite moments uh, when it comes to sort of what we've discussed—be it the court life crisis, be it people's careers—we're going to run down our top three millennial moans.
0: Yeah, we'll have a little, we'll, we'll 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 chat about all of the moans, and then we'll kind of will decide a top three. And I feel like this is going to be very difficult because I feel like me and Lala are going to have very different views on what is top three. I think, yeah. So this could be a bit of a debate. That's it. Who who doesn't love a debate? That's
1: it. I mean, you know, people said, (laughs) you're out of your mind. Choose before the record. What's wrong with you? We're not doing that. But we're going to be raw, folks. Organic. Here at the Court of Life Chronicles, we take risks. You know, we we apparently drink beer through our nose. Correct. Uh, We put beers in the freezer. Correct. Uh, A lot of the risks we take are About beer, Uh, but we've taken this one of the millennial moans. We might even listeners, and you might get a chance to hear finally at long last. And we've uh, had literally three requests for this particular segment. You might even hear a Lyle and Dunks millennial moan, individual, of course. We haven't decided upon a joint one because we obviously never agree on anything, which is why this could be fun. I don't know, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be very exciting. We're really, really delighted to be back and we're delighted to have you with us. So, without further ado, here on episode 12 of the Court of Life Chronicles, thanks so much for being with us and we'll see you on the other side.
0: And we're back because the other side is... Us! We're recording it right oh, now and we're it's doing us. ourselves! Oh, God! <laughs> you thought you had enough, guys. There's no third voice. I literally,
1: I couldn't resist putting the jingle in. I'm very proud of that jingle. We love a jingle. Um, uh, jingle. So, Duncan, we are back again. Episode 12. And we thought we would structure this episode a lot like how we've structured previous episodes. Insofar as that initially we would just talk about Mm. a of life crisis and what it means to us. Now, I can't quite believe I'm being able to say this. Yeah. Dunks. Yeah. To you. Oh, God. (laughs) What is... A quarter life crisis? God.
0: Well, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it's where I am right now. Sure. And I think this was a lot of the preface of why we began this podcast because I thought, am I the only person that feels like this? Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not. Hmm. I think it's just that for me, and I don't, I'm going to try and keep my emotions together talking about this because it's something that's quite personal to me, but it's like, I've only ever been good at one thing. And I've worked for so long at that Mm. one thing. And then to feel like that one thing that you're so passionate about isn't giving you enough to make your life feel 100% fulfilling is crushing. Absolutely. Crushing. And there's been real moments where I've been extremely low and thinking, why the fuck have I bothered with this As a career choice. Why have I done this? Yeah. Um, I'm only punishing myself. No one else is getting punished for this. It's only me that's suffering. And that's obviously stupid because there's so many people who are in the same boat. Hmm. But you can't help but feel like the world's against you all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like you go on Twitter or whatever or you you just see something and you're like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh, God. What am I I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, And then conversely to that and this is, this is probably the way I've just described it is probably how I felt about the whole thing before the pandemic hit mm. and that's why I kind of massively related to it because I actually really needed the pandemic really needed it right because I needed three months to just sit with myself again and be like what do I actually want to do sure what do I enjoy and it turns out I really enjoy watching James Bond films Right. <laughs> and so for the entirety of Lockdown One, I just watched the entire James Bond collection from start to finish. I mean... With the director's cut and notes and everything. What, even as far back as Lazenby? The whole thing. I starting From Doctor No all the way through to Spectre. And I'm a big James Bond fan, but I'm not that much of a James Bond fan. But, like, that was really cathartic for me. Hmm. And I found having the time to do that so nice. Sure. I could feel my body thanking me. Mm. For that time, sure. And I'm not saying that beforehand I haven't had time off. I'm a freelancer, so clearly I had had time off before. But it wasn't time off in the head. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was time off physically, perhaps like sitting at home, not working today, whatever. 100%. But your brain is still going fucking mental. Yeah, do you know what I mean, like a processing an hour. a million miles, million things at a million miles an hour. But being in a lockdown was like, well, there's nothing to do. Yeah, I haven't. I can't work. Let's come back to myself. So I think. I've definitely improved as a person, as a human being, mm. from this last year or so, and I think the crisis would have been very different had we hadn't had a pandemic. For me, I think the crisis wouldn't have even been. I wouldn't have even acknowledged it.
1: I think that's a really. It would have been happening,
0: way. but I wouldn't have been aware of it. Yeah. But I've been aware of it because I've been sat with my fucking self <laughs> thinking about it.
1: Yeah. Because I've
0: had time to think
1: and also to break it down, I suppose, yeah. and just sort of under- fully understand. Yeah, it. Yeah, I suppose yeah. that's that's a huge, totally, and a huge thing, isn't it?
0: That was why it was funny because I, I thought if we'd done this podcast a year ago mm. or a year before we started, so was it February 2020 when lockdown was about to come in? If we'd done it then, I think I would have been very different in the way I approached our conversations each week, yeah, much less honest, much less open about you know, and, and much. And hard, I probably would have found it harder to relate to the topics we talked about back then than I did when we actually did the episode. Did the episode? Yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah. The, it was a weird combination of things that I feel like my crisis was happening, but the pandemic actually brought it to my front, the front of my brain. Sure. And made it a thing. Whereas I don't think if the pandemic hadn't happened, I wouldn't have addressed it. I think that's fair. And I think I now do think like. I have a better idea now of, like, how long I'm going to commit to certain things because I know that, you know, there's other things that factor into this and we've talked about it on previous episodes. Like, life is short. It can be incredibly short. Yeah. And, like, I know that all too well. So I think don't waste it. And if you're in something that you're not enjoying, don't waste your time. Yeah. Because that's precious time. And, like, work is 70% of your
1: life. 100%.
0: Well, not 70%. 70%. It's it's 100%. Do not waste that 70%. Don't waste your time. Yeah. And I know some people don't have the power to always change their work situation. Mm. So I completely understand that it's not always the case. But if you have the power and you have the opportunity to change it and you need to, fucking do it. Mm. Because it might be the best decision you ever make. Oh, yeah. And people are so scared of change, in Mm. this country particularly. Yeah. The pandemic has ripped up the fabric of how we knew things to be and the world will never be exactly how it was before the pandemic and we will have to get our heads around that Mm. and that is a lot to handle so yeah that's a very broad answer I think it's a good answer there's a lot of factors that have influenced it and I think like I just said I think you'll be able to speak more about the work side of it, because I've kind of remained doing the same thing, but you kind of juggled around a bit. Well, oh, so, yeah. Lyle Fulton, <laughs> Spin this back. Oh, because gosh. Because I'm going to get emotional if I carry on talking.
1: No, yes. Lyle
0: Fulton. what does a quarter-life
1: crisis mean to you? What does a quarter-life crisis mean to me? Wow, I mean, you do 11 episodes of this, and you never think you're going to have to answer this question. <laughs> and actually, I suppose, when, I first, when we first discussed setting this podcast up, hmm. I suppose, in the back of my mind, selfishly, I thought, maybe maybe I would never have to answer this question because actually I was looking for the answer in others. I was, others looking, I was looking for the answer in speaking to other people. Which is an entirely selfish act on both of our parts. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it's, 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 you know, <laughs> listeners, meet me. Um, He's <laughs> no, not me, really. No, 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 no. But I think, I think it's, it's... I think a quarter-life crisis to me... So I suppose like, actually starting at the beginning is really interesting because when we actually created the pods and we mm. knew this was what we wanted to talk about, the name quarter life chronicles actually stemmed from we've never told the listeners this stemmed from what my friends namely two lovely friends of mine uh James and Theo who may if they so desire appear at some point in future series of this podcast hint we're desperate hint please <laughs> accept my invitation um they still pending what are you talking about accept it i was 22 and 21 22 i think it was 22 actually And a a relationship of mine had ended, and I went into a real funk. Mm. And um, they joked, oh, he's just having his quarter-life crisis. And at the time, I didn't even know... I I didn't even think that was a thing. I thought that's just something they very cleverly, using their unique wit, Mm. invented to give me a load of stick, basically, about how morose I was. Mm. Um, Because I was really down about the end of this relationship and how it had all gone and what my direction was in life, and I was about to go to drama school, and I, I was... Demonstrating all the archetypes of a court life crisis. I know now that I just need to get a grip because actually it wasn't a court life crisis. And joking aside, that's 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 the god's honest truth because I think I'm having one right now, and I think I've been having one uh, for the last eighteen months. And, mm. and that's that's going to be a real that's going to be a real kick in the teeth, I think, for a couple of people who have maybe not even not even a couple of people, more more people than that, who have maybe seen. Me, as being someone who, by and large, had it together. Like I've I run a brilliant theatre company with two fantastic people. I've got an amazing fiancé who's doing brilliantly well. I've got a great family who have only got closer together yeah. since uh, various things happened early last year before yeah, yeah. the pandemic. I like to think that I'm going to progress in what I love doing in the next few months and years. And I've made that decision. I'll come on to that in a second. But actually... The last 18 months have been incredibly tough. I think the pandemic has helped
0: mm.
1: and also hindered me. The pandemic's helped insofar as I totally agree with what you say. I've had the time to break it down. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've... I mean, you've known me long enough now. Mm. I'm like... When things are normal, I'm hell for leather. Like, I... Yeah. like I, But, but I'm, I'm hell for leather in actually, at times, quite a damaging way in that I... I don't focus on the now. And that can you know, be to the detriment of my work, to mm. the detriment of my relationships. I, I'm always looking for the next thing. Like, who can I meet now? What what can I do now? What work can I do now? I never focus on anything. Mm. And actually, the pandemic allowed me to not only focus on what I really loved doing professionally, which was Wild Geese and which was YSC and which was, you know, seeing my friends and my, and my, my fiancé and all this sort of stuff. It allowed me to focus on me mm. for the first time in, well arguably ever mm. really and I kind of started to prioritize a bit more and get my plan together but focusing on me was a really healthy thing but it also became conversely quite a damaging thing it kind mm. of allowed you know there was nothing to react to anymore mm. and I started to realize things that I, had, I didn't have time to realize that I panic and I look too much I don't live in the moment enough and I look to the future too much and mm.
0: um
1: there are so many episodes, because this is also about, you know, obviously episodes that we've, we've been involved in yeah. this season. There are so many episodes I could point to that are just a really illuminating experience. Um, but the two I'd point to um, just straight away were Bex's episode put tons of stuff into perspective for me and I'll be forever grateful for just what a like, mm. beautiful, vulnerable experience that was. And we'll go on to that, I'm sure, a bit later on. But Matthew and Rose, I mean, it's, it's, that still stays with me. And actually, I wish I'd listened to Matthew more recently mm. in what he said to me. Mm. Because Matthew said that incredible thing to me about what you're passionate about and just keeping going. And if you wake up one morning and you think you might be able to do something else, then by all means try. But maybe you'll realise it's, it's, it's not for you. Yeah, Incredible thing he said. And it really, really stuck with me. I mean, it did. But then it should have stuck with me more. And Matthew, if you are listening, I'm sure you will be
0: yeah
1: thank you and I suppose I'm sorry because actually i i i should have I should have listened more, but the short answer to a call life crisis really for me is um it's kind of manifested itself in the last couple of months yeah. and I want to sort of caveat what I'm about to say by saying that that none of what I'm about to talk about was anyone's fault but mine, which almost makes it more sad, um, but basically, and it's the, this is probably the last I'll speak of this because it's time to move on from this. But I uh, embarked, listeners, upon a uh, a career change, uh, not a career change so much as a uh, a sort of a shift in priorities. Mm. I I'd always done what I have been doing recently, as all actors do. I I, I started a PR job, uh, working for an amazing company, uh, a brilliant group of people who may well listen to this and. I have nothing but brilliant words to say about them. They made me feel so welcome. The work was great and really interesting to me and they really really took me under their wing and I look forward to uh, maybe doing some work for them down the line and they're a great group of people. But I made that decision very impulsively off the back of a um a sort of a bit of a a bit of an outreach situation and I was a bit unsettled because of the pandemic and Getting married in September and what the future would hold, and I made that decision um, based on those those circumstances mm. and also because of an interest in it don't get me wrong, I was very interested in it you know I, I wasn't fully going into it because of um, because of those reasons but i you know th- th- those were those were considerations, mm. but it did mean that I sort of let an awful lot of people down and um, I, you know that they'll say otherwise, but you know, I, I I know for a fact I let I let my my theatre company down, um, um, and these are things that you you know you, you you deal with professionally because, you know, you've made a decision, but mm. um, that stuck with me, and then I, I was just doing this job and I said this to my my this the PR company I said look I just, it's getting me down, and it was a core life crisis I I'm I'm, su- I'm so sure of it, mm. um, and it's easy to put labels on things, but I'm so sure it was the case, and it was because I, just something didn't sit right with me. And mm. I, I'd, I'd, I'd left what I was passionate about, and I'd left what I was good at, yeah. and I'd left what, what gave me heart and hope, mm. for something still very brilliant and still very worthwhile. But it, you know, that sort of old romantic cliche. Oh, she's fabulous. She's wonderful. She's mm. amazing. She's just not you, David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. But, but, but you know, it it was that, and um, and I had a call life crisis. I let people down I heap work on people I was being different Around Alice um, I wasn't talking To my parents as much Like everything shifted mm. And it wasn't because Of this job It was because of me mm. like, This job Is going to make Plenty of people's lives So so wonderful Yeah And could one day Still make my life wonderful but at this moment in time, yeah, in this we'll particular we'll situation, it wasn't for me. One and one. so I made the decision because of the core life crisis. And then I experienced a peak core life crisis within it. Mm. And I'm now sort of dealing with the fallout of what is a continuing core life crisis. Mm. And it all falls under the umbrella of this. And it echoes what you said as well, Dunks. I just lost faith briefly. Mm. And I'm now trying to rebuild that faith. But it's very, it's very tough. Mm. And it's, um, it's going to take some time. And it's also going to take some time for, for people to, to rebuild that faith in me, I'm sure of it. I had a wonderful conversation with someone who I, who I won't name out of politeness, but they'll know who they are, who said the only person you have to forgive, or the only person who needs to forgive you right now is you. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has forgotten about it. But I suppose is that not just peak quarter-life crisis? Yeah. Actually, you're in such a rut that you think everyone... Is looking upon you it's that comparison thing yeah we discuss discuss comparison with with so many people and you think everyone's looking at you comparatively and Mm. wondering what the hell are you doing and actually the only person who's really looking at you that way is yourself yeah everyone else is just everyone else who cares about you who you're thinking about is just worried about you deeply worried about you Mm. and I know people were um but that's kind of where I've been at and I suppose what's really interesting, and like I say, I never thought I'd have to answer this question, which is why I'm rambling a lot. But um, mm-hmm. the Court Life Crisis, I thought a Court Life Crisis was just a deep sense of sorrow and being down
3: mm.
1: about a particular event. Mm. And actually, it is so much more than that. And I'm so thrilled that, and that's thrilled is probably the wrong word, but I am thrilled that I got to hear so many other people's experiences of it mm. because it really did help when I had to deal and I had to come to terms with with these things.
0: I think... I think the something I learned from, from the whole series, really, but particularly with a few episodes, was the essence of perspective. Like, we're all very quick to make everything a drama or make everything really, really stressful. Mm. But, you know, like Matthew said, I'm sure we'll play one of his gems of wisdom <laughs> again before the end, but how fucking brilliant is it that we just wake up and we breathe air every day? I know. And oh. that is just the basis brilliant. of existence. So brilliant. Everything else is a bonus. Yeah. And when that existence goes, mm. that's crisis. Yeah. That's, if you lose somebody or, or you are, something crucial changes in your life that involves life itself, mm. that's real crisis. Yeah. And it's very simple to layer everything as a crisis. And yeah, they all are, in an extent, in that small bubble, they are a crisis. Mm. but real truthful crisis is at its core life and death yeah you know that's 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 where it ends that's where we begin and end there is the middle is up to us that's it but that's not in comparison on the even scale of the miracle of birth or the miracle of death 100 they're not even close all day you know this scooter, Thank you, scooter. this scooter outside... is absolutely This scooter outside... Go and deliver your pizza <coughs> to 74 Baldrick Road. This
1: scooter outside knows where the beginning and the end yeah. is. And the middle He's just happens... He's it on his phone. Just so happens to be very noisy.
2: But, but I'm, I
0: mean, I, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, I'm maybe speaking too loosely, but I'd obviously spoken with my girlfriend Becky about a lot of stuff. Hmm. Off microphone and on microphone on, on being recorded. Sure. And, you know, you just don't, don't ever think things like that will affect you. No. Like, oh, yeah, we're... Yeah. we all live in this world we oh yeah yeah whatever yeah 9am tomorrow see you then <laughs> you know the silly routine we all do yeah 9am see you there <laughs> yeah yeah fun can't wait yeah yeah you know but one day you'll, you'll wake up and it'll be 9am and someone will be gone yeah that's close to you that's it or some or you know something will happen in your life yeah Looks really it's yeah. That will be a day you'll wake up and everything will change, and That's it. your path will completely alter. Yeah, and that was for me like, and it's made me so much more a grateful for what I do have, and be prepared for when things do go. Yeah, because I've I've experienced it. Bex is inc- I'm going to give another shout out because it's my podcast. Why so. the hell not? But she's been so incredibly brave and strong through mm. pro- possibly the most difficult thing imaginable. Yeah, so that for me that 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 was. I was so proud of her for getting and speaking like that on this platform, and it took a lot of courage for her to do that, and I, and she absolutely nailed it.
1: And she said some amazing things as well, so by the good. way. Just so, a few
0: uh, little highlights of that now.
1: Oh me. yeah, let's have a listen to, actually, because it's really interesting good. you mentioned yeah the beginning and the <laughs> end, and how that is sort of the essence of life. But how also, and I will add to what you just said, hmm. maybe sometimes we in knowing that those two things exist, we don't actually realise that we are still in the middle of it. Mm. And what we're about to hear from Bex in what was just a beautiful, vulnerable, incredible episode mm. sort of talks about just that and um, and a few other things. So have a listen.
4: The best thing, and the thing that I kind of hold on to it in a way of comfort, is that we we were really similar. We are really similar. We were, I don't know, I never... It's still bizarre saying in the past tense... So little moments where I catch her in in me are really amazing. So like I scare so easily, she's scared so easily. So when I when I jump, even when I jump at something, I just think, oh there you are, you know. Like, or the way we saw the world, or our facial expression, just a lot a lot of things are really similar, and that that's really special because she is us, and we are her. Me and my brother will. Never stop being her children, and that you know. As I said before, the the relationship continues, and it, it just it, it has changed because it's not physical anymore. But you know, I feel her all the, all around me in in the sense that like I know what she'd say to things, I, I know how yeah. she'd react to things, and that's yeah. really special. It's it's so lovely to to still have that, even though it 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 technically has gone now. You know.
1: So that was Bex. and oh, just an incredible episode, and I think it's really important that we. We're going to career into the comedy at some point. We've got the moans, we've got the you know our best bits, whatever. But, you know, the crux of why we really did this podcast is... Boredom. Boredom, yeah. <laughs> Immense, Im- immeasurable boredom. Uh, and it's just, it's, 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 it's grown a life. Um, but no... I, yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I think, she, I think she really sums up, Bex really sums up why we did this podcast. Mm. So many guests, I mean, all of our guests really sum it up so well and others will do the same. You know, understanding what it is that people are going through who are our age, I mean, Matthew as well, in, yeah. in, 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 in his, at his age, and what his understanding of it was when he was younger. We've had guests from Matthew who talked about his experiences, Bex and her, obviously, you know, unfortunately, loss, not yeah, massively loss. unique yeah. experiences, but still unique to our to our list of guests. Talk to, talked to my brother and... I'll, I can be honest with the listeners now there was some stuff my brother said on that episode of the pod that I really thought I would I would know and I did not know and so mm. that was a real shock to me um, and, and you probably I hope you didn't hear it on the episode but it was a real shock to me a shock to the system and then you had the likes of Doug and Kieran who were so you know, brilliant and so funny and so exciting. Mm. Um, not that the other guests weren't, but not without stretch. their, but not without, but not without challenges their, too. Challenges and, and and misgivings and
0: energy. The the energy difference in energy that we had from everybody was so um, representative of of our yeah. society, and it was just so nice to have so many different viewpoints and different careers as well, and not just talking to actors because we, in the acting world, it can get very mm. you know.
5: Oh,
6: have I seen anything?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, I did that last year. Oh, you know, and it's nice to speak to people who don't have that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they're just a little bit more... Uh, what's the word? Level-headed. Level-headed. <laughs> <laughs> Measured. <laughs> uh, less um, erratic. But I've got to say,
1: from... from, I mean, I'm sure I speak for me and Douglas, and I know how much you hate me doing this. Uh, don't speak for me. Yeah, God's... <laughs> every time. Um, but I, I speak for us both when I say... Uh, Thank you to our guests so much uh, for, for, for sort of talking us through their experiences of the Call Life Crisis. And yeah. I have to say, were it not for you guys, you, I think 13, 14 people, because we had three duos, but I, I probably wouldn't have had as, as good an understanding of what it was I was going through recently and over the last 18 months, were it not for speaking to so many brilliant people and also hearing so many brilliant responses and how it's touched so many people. So, uh, so honestly, from both of us. It's been, that side of it has been, well, all of it's been brilliant, but to, to hear people's experiences of that has been really illuminating and just, from the bottom of my heart, incredibly helpful. Uh, so, so we, yeah, we, we want to extend our thanks on this, episode 12 of uh, The Pod. Um, this beer, by the way, not great. Uh, so, Beer 52, if you are listening... Get your act together. In a small tangent, I get, I get one crate every three months from you, and I try to quit... And you weren't having any of it. This one's quite nice. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's as may be. But the summer in Zagreb, maybe it's a grower, right? But it's got a slightly unusual label, and that's about as far as I'm going with
0: None it. None these ingredients are in English.
1: <laughs> uh, in, in the tangent to end all tangents. Uh, but there, those... Sorry. Where our definitions, our definition, <laughs> of what a quarter life crisis is. I know you listeners have been have been waiting for it. Up next in episode twelve, some of the best stories we've had on the pot so far. You're listening to the Quarter Life Chronicles with Duncan and Lyle. We are doing a bit of a roundup, uh, as I probably, I'm sure you've probably gathered, of. The first series of yeah. the Quarter Life Chronicles. And
0: we thought for this second instalment of this finale, we'd have a little chat about some of our favourite stories that we were told on the first season. So Lyle, give me a story that really <laughs> that really caught your... Uh... Well, there was
1: one that stuck with me.
0: <laughs> and like honestly,
1: a massive shout-out to this guest I'm about to mention because she was incredible. And bless her, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, I think there was a nervousness attached to it. It wasn't something that necessarily she normally did. But her story is absolutely amazing in general. It is, of course, the absolutely sensational Bengi, who we had on our podcast towards the end Mm. of this, our first series. Um, Now, Bengi is part of the deaf community. And Bengi had some really incredible stories and some incredible insights into what it's like to be part of that particular community. Uh, She's going to absolutely hate me for the story. (laughs) It's very brief, but it was when she talked about sexual experiences as part of the deaf community. Yeah. I can't really elaborate any more on that because it's just something that's really stuck with me. But far from me decimating what was an absolutely magnificent story, I think we should hear a little bit from Bengi herself. So, without further ado, here is Bengi discussing that particular topic on the quarter life chronicles
5: when I started dating my boyfriend I asked my young deaf friend like oh so when you first have sex do you like to do you keep them in or do you take them out and I never asked someone that before like all my friends are hearing you know and then to meet someone else that I can talk to you about like the awkward whistling sound that a hearing aid makes when someone puts their hand on your head or like, <laughs> you know, how to even broach the conversation and like, oh, I'm I'm deaf, you know, which I've not always done with romantic liaisons in the past. Sometimes I haven't even mentioned it at all. It's been really great and fun. And actually the other young deaf people that I've met, I've made two really great young deaf female friends in the last couple of years, they say similar things that they've never had those sorts of conversations. Yeah I think it's quite like it's a lot less deaf people than you than you think are in grow up in deaf communities where it's so normalized really like a large proportion of deaf people have hearing parents and it's just completely out of the blue or it skipped lots of generations so um, my experience isn't unique at all lots of people grew up feeling quite alienated and yeah I guess going back to the perspective aspect of the question I guess it's made me feel like a lot of my teenage or young adult experiences weren't that like weird or odd other people were having them too (laughs)
1: love it I'm very much enjoying the description of a certain phenomenon you Talking about just then as a romantic liaison, I think that might be the first time I've heard—or not ever—but recently I've heard it. I'm very much enjoying that. That's
2: that's very
0: that's very that's very Wuthering Heights. That is.
1: (laughs) It's very very good.
5: Oh, I'm so lame.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, honestly. But but
5: but it's just stuck with
1: me. It's just stuck with me because we do. you know, without wanting to you know, sort of get rid of the smoke and mirrors behind what is the Court of Life Chronicles uh, as Duncan sort of looks around and goes smoke and mirrors we're in, where are they we're at your Matthew, dining table Matthew tonight Matthew I will be <laughs> tonight Matthew I will be Cher <laughs> <laughs> don't you oh, that, no matter oh, I just got how another story. I, I I just remembered a of story <laughs> of
0: oh, no. oh, when you told me no someone said oh I like Cher and I was like well I like share." <laughs> was trying to make me out like I was a share hater. <laughs> I'm not a share How hater.
1: How could you?
0: Oh, but it was Mamma Mia 2. That's that it, Mamma Mia 2. cameo to end all cameos. <laughs> <laughs> shares once. Mamma
1: Mia 2, the adventure continues. Mm. Oh, no, no, Mamma Mia 2, um, here we go again. Yes. <laughs> mm. But Bengi, honestly, Bengi was an absolutely magnificent guest. And also, you know, going back to the smoke and mirror side of things, we do a little weekly um, document um, that we sort of draw up yes listeners it is actually somewhat planned it might not sound like it it might sound chaotic but we send it to our our, our guests sort of in plenty of time before we do the record Mm. and often we have sort of questions and sort of we never stick to the questions whatsoever which is why stories like this emerge but it was just a question we would never have thought to have asked Mm. and for someone like Beningy to come out and talk about it so Mm. eloquently, so articulately but also in such a brilliantly funny way Mm. It's still stuck with me to now, you know, and, and, and I'm yeah. really pleased we were able to sort of discuss it with her. It was fantastic.
0: I just think it was her whole episode in total, actually, was just so welcomed and revealing because it's one of those things in life, and I, you know, it often gets forgotten. Mm. It often does. And I think people, people put um, deafness or blindness in a sort of, oh, well, it happens kind of category. You know, so, yeah. it's not as severe as other things. Mm. It's really difficult. And mm. it's, it's, one of, it's a huge challenge that needs a lot of time and attention given, given to it. Mm. And the way she spoke about, you know, all the difficulties she had during her upbringing, educational, you know, getting the right hearing aids, feeling self-conscious about that, all mm. those things. I've just thought, you know, fair play to you. like you know, And living in London as well now, you know, with sensory, everything that's going on in London must be so still over- overwhelming. Mm. 100%. Um, but I I've met her in person and and you just never know. She doesn't exactly. make a fuss and doesn't make a song and dance about it at all and it's just so nice that we are able to have these conversations with people and and get and get that information out there for people to make it easier and we have We such, need to yeah. make it easier for everyone else in life. We are so easy, we are so comfortable with ourselves. We need to make ourselves feel more comfortable for others. Massive. And that's something that I feel in this country particularly, we're in the UK, for anyone listening globally, um, we are not so good at that and we need to be better at that, at making it comfortable for everybody. Yeah. And not just ourselves. 100%. That's, just she- my, that's, my, that's my little half-beard two-pence. Yeah. here, 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 here. <laughs> here <ye>. ring <laughs> the
1: bell. But Bengi, honestly, if you're listening, and, uh, and I really do hope you are, because it was, you were absolutely, you were an absolutely magnificent guest. You were. And... Um, we thank you greatly. Really, really talk so articulately about um, a really, really interesting and really important topic, uh, but that's a story that's just stuck with me. So,
0: uh, dunks, your 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 selection, your first selection. Where do I start? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are two that really stick, but the first one is going to concern you, Lyle. Um, <laughs> I think I know where this is going. I mean, it can't <laughs> get any better in terms of. Ridiculous, like just the overreaction Childish of the century. Awfulness. um than <laughs> McNuggetgate. Gate. I mean, um, let's get it right, Nugget Gate. But I sorry, love, I love the sorry, addition of it. M- can't get more ridiculous than <laughs> Nugget Gate. But we must stress that we all know how difficult it can be on a night out. You're hungry. Oh, you're tired. Yeah. you want to get home you're sweating and we're all sweating this week yeah.
1: and at the time you harbour a deep resentment yeah. for and at, at the time if you have got shit going on at home
0: it can be troublesome which I obviously don't back. now and he must know this but I'm sure he knows this Mr Kieran Banerjee thank you Kieran highlighted a fantastic story concerning Lyle, Kieran several others and some nuggets at McDonald's in Clapham Capham? Clapham Clapham yes Crapham as I just said Clapham 20... what year? I want
1: to say 2017. Right,
0: so Lyle was... Lyle was 42. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just not going to... I can't even... A, I can't even remember the intricate details, and B, I don't want to spoil it. So, Kieran, <laughs> slash us, take it away. Take it away.
3: <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to know the full story, he's probably going to listen to this, right? James Coleman. Okay, the best man at Lyle's wedding. Yeah, Lyle will be the best man at his wedding. We live together. He got some nuggets. Okay, <laughs> someone took those nuggets. You know, that whole stupid like calling out number situation like number 14, Veggie Royale. And I was like, oh, oh, don't, that. Don't even get me started. I've had so many disputes. Don't even. Right. And let's be fair, like, we're all just waiting for them to go 69. <laughs> 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 that's the real invention of that system <laughs> someone took his nuggets right lyle when he's had some shandies can get a little can get a little, little bullish okay i don't believe this is gonna go out like this and you you went you went at the mackie d's um person and said where's where's my friend's nugs well, i have no comment right? on that where the nugs where the nugs at? and she obviously, I think I even
1: used the word nugs actually as well which is the worst part of it rightfully so too <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: absolutely
3: yeah <laughs> uh, what are you going to say where are my nine chicken nuggets <laughs> and where's my <laughs> Big Mac Trademark. Other other fast food is available. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's other fa- other fast food is available. Yeah. Don't upset the Colonel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wrong wrong one, but okay. Or <laughs> the kid. Look, I would out of all of them. Actually, I say that on reflection. Ronald McDonald, I bet he's bag of nightmares when you get involved <laughs> with him. But the Colonel, I reckon, McDonald's. absolutely <laughs> zero shits given. Like anyone that can protect a spice mix like that, motherfucker has. I'd be wary of that. I reckon. Oh, the, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I reckon the colonel would do bits in a UFC fight between the colonel Ronald and the king. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon that triple threat is tasty. Pun intended. <laughs> uh.
3: So the nugs were never. The nugs were never found. Mm. So I went up and I said, Look, "I'm sorry. This whole situation is embarrassing. <laughs> and we are three grown men." And then Lars like, I'll sort this. I was like, I'll sort this. I'll sort this. And it just barreled from there.
1: Yeah. And both of us, both of us How were, silly is that situation? Both of us were intent on sorting it. And as a result, nothing got sorted. And Coleman guess what? ended up James with his nuggets. James went
3: home hungry. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Colman ended up with no nuggets. We ended up having a massive row in the middle of the street just outside Inferno's. And the rest is history.
0: I mean, I have no other comment. There are no words, really. <laughs> and it's still... I, it, was just the, it was just the audacity. And like... The seriousness at which this escalated from something so trivial. But, you know, I mean, you were there... This is a story. So I'm going to let you defend yourself. This is a stra- I mean, no, but there, there is nothing... But you've already tried. I mean, I've
1: tried. And actually, what we're going to get, hopefully, in series two, is sort of the outside interpretation of what was possibly the most petty and ridiculous argument oh, of yeah, all time. We could get a third eye. We could get a third eye and even a fourth eye. Yeah. Uh, if that is an even, a thing that I even welcome exists. It. I
0: welcome it. I call
1: the next witness! <laughs> Exhibit B!
0: Um, Your
1: honour. But I think... An analogy I'd use, and it's a strange one. You know I love an analogy and a strange segue. No. Um, <laughs> no. No, No. I don't know, or no No more segues. No. <laughs> you know, there was a time, and it might still happen, where a, a university entrance exam question for those philosophers or scientists among us was, could you get the bus off the edge of the cliff at the end of Italian Job? Like, is there a way of getting the bus off the end? Mm. And will we ever know if they ever get the gold that they successfully stole from a really secure bank off the edge of that cliff? Will we ever know who actually was in the right when it came to Nugget Gate? I mean, I think we've kind of established that ultimately... Neither of us were in terms yes. of how we behaved. It was everyone and no one. But it was a moment in time which neither of us completely remember. I mean, I feel like he does and he'll probably have some comment <laughs> to uh, to uh, to address me with upon listening to this episode. But yeah, truly, uh, a truly ridiculous and awful and petty argument. But I thank Kieran for being so open and such a good sport mm. about talking about it. Um, and it, we still get stick for it to this day. So I'm pleased you loved it. As much as...
0: God, I've, I've, it's all I've thought about. <laughs> um, so, in this game of tennis that is story Ooh. story tennis, um, I'm going to backhand <laughs> the ball of truth back to you. Oh, I love it. Give that. me another story that oh. you uh, equally... Give this to your other one.
1: If you're going to pick two, what's your other one? It's been too long since you've done this, because backhand the ball of truth might even be an episode you know, I've, I've,
0: I've, <laughs> I've you know... I've federated it down the line <laughs> in a majestic fashion. Majestically, and I would like you to tell me um, another story that equally. I mean, if you had to pick two, well, what would what would be what would what would be up there with with? Um,
1: it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, I'd arguably go from the ridiculous to the. I'm going to use a a unique phrase here: the sublimely ridiculous, oh, heard that uh, one which is that we had. We, I mean, we had, we had another very exuberant, very very good fun guest. Yep. In the form of Doug. Uh, Doug Simpson, big up. Doug Simpson, big up, Doug Quiz Simpson. Quiz host,
0: pub landlord.
1: Quiz host extraordinaire. And that, for me, what an episode that was. He was absolutely fantastic. But for me, hey Guys, it's...
0: yeah, just, just to be clear, just a little intro. If you haven't listened to all these episodes that we are talking about here, what are you doing? What are you doing? Please, Please go right. back and listen to them. Little instruction oh, well, you manual. You have no idea what we're talking about.
1: Little instruction manual. <laughs> Hit pause on this bad boy.
0: <laughs> Get rid of us.
1: And there's a little one. About five episodes back, that you gotta catch. Get and it also, in your ears. And also, watch.
0: And listen, watch. Also, <laughs> listen to all of the previous. Before you even come yeah. to this again, stop. Yeah. Right now, thank you very much.
1: I mean, we don't want to offer a listening passport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, in order to get into this episode, you do need to be double listened, you at need least. To, <laughs> you need to find
0: a, a, a listening device that you all need to put on. Let's. And press. Let's not even get
1: into how ridiculous this not, whole thing No is.
0: politics, Lyle. We are mutual. We are strictly...
1: On the fence. A non-political podcast. Yeah. What an arsehole.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, um, Doug's episode. Listen to Doug's episode, but Doug's episode, right? Brilliant. Amazing stories. Yeah. Um, what a fantastic chap. What a life he's had. What a career he's got. And, um, and him talking through the pub he runs during the pandemic It was a really extraordinary listen. But for me, his story... Um, and the story that stuck with me is um, how he came to be involved in the uh, plethora of quizzes, almost celebrity quizzes, that yeah. he's involved in. Yeah. Uh, notably, I believe this one was a peep show quiz. Yeah. His, biggest, um, his biggest crowd-pleaser. His biggest crowd-pleaser. His crowd-pleasing story, his pièce de résistance. Mm. Um, and uh, Doug spoke about how he actually came to be involved in what was an unlikely professional trio and how the emergence and the use of a chair became the springboard to a really crucial part of his ongoing professional life. Here's Doug talking about that
7: exact thing. A few years ago, Facebook and Instagram page Dobby Club announced they were doing a quiz with Big Mad Andy, um, one of the characters, which was a huge deal for me. But that, that was like getting tickets to see your favourite band. That's, that's what it was for me. Like, oh you know, up at the crack of dawn to get my ticket. Well, it, was, it was like 9am, but I mean, in, in those days, when I, when, I worked, when I worked in a bar where you didn't typically yeah, yeah. sleep until five, that, that yeah. night, it would have been easier to just pull on night. But I got my ticket, so it was fine. Uh, and yeah, went went along, uh, had, had a really good time, met them and stuff, and met the guy, uh, Giles, but didn't win, so I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to have another start at this. So I went, Back to Sheffield because they were like on a tour at the time. Beast did that one, won it. And then I said like, I don't want to be like the weird fanboy, but I'm going to be. Do you guys want any help at your next uh, Manchester gig? I've noticed it's just down the road from where I currently work. And he was like, "And yeah, sure, we'd have someone to do the door or something." And then it came to the night, and they'd run out of furniture at the venue that they were at. So I helpfully let them uh, borrow furniture from uh, Font where I worked then. Um, so people are queuing round the side of the building. Ready to meet this uh, actor from Peep Show, and they just see him walking down the road, apparently having stolen a table, <laughs> um, and and just and that night I just knew like a, a working <laughs> a working trio was formed. I mean, it just it almost beggars belief how fast call that actually is. Oh god, yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, when 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 you argue about how how important things start, yeah, they normally have at least one at least one bit. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like epic mm. but so much of that and I'm so sorry Doug and I love you to bits yeah. so much of that
0: is acutely non-epic mm. it actually made it such a brilliant story Doug is a um, little update for you listeners Doug is still going strong he's oh. just reopened his pub um, and he's still quiz hosting and he's. it's only getting stronger and stronger for him and he's, he's doing great and a big shout out to Doug Doug is a very close he's almost family to me so big, big shout out to Doug the Djokovic to your Federer oh, I'm going to I'm going to drop shot this I one hate Djokovic <laughs> Funny <laughs> how you, you, you've gone after you've gone after some pretty famous people on this episode. I'm not gonna lie, look, I don't like Djokovic. Okay, like yes, he's very, very, very good at tennis. Does that mean I like him? No. It's not a reason to like somebody. To be fair. no, uh, he's really annoying. I mean, Djokovic. Yeah, good player, good tennis player. That's it. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Deuce. <laughs> Move on. Um, tie break. Love all. <laughs> um,
1: in my return to you, your, your second, if you had to pick two, yeah. as you've, you've, got, you've had me pick two, yeah. what's your second story from the world of the QLC these last few months?
0: Well, again, I'm, I'm sorry to anyone we haven't included on this because there are so many. Oh, it goes without saying, there are yeah, some brilliant stories from everybody, the, yeah. But also, I'm sorry to all the other stories in this particular episode that I can't include. Yeah. Because it's, Matthew Trussman, again, sorry. Brilliant. I mean, I don't even want to tell you the introduction. I just want it to play because it's, it's a story that it's so elaborate, I know so detailed. I know the one you mean. So <laughs> extraordinary and also so completely not what I expected at the start of the story that I'm, you need to hear the whole thing through. So, <laughs> all I'm going to say is tent, music, unexpected smell. And deliv- the delivery is everything here, <laughs> I think as well. Matthew, take it away.
2: <laughs> Davidity Bill was a, was a dosser, right? A tramp, <laughs> a tramp. And I, got to, I befriended him. Don't ask me why. And I took him back to my house where my, I lived with my mum and dad when they weren't there and fed him a couple of times. And we ended up deciding to go to the first Isle of Wight concert together. Now, Divinity Bill was probably in his 50s, and I was about 18 or 19. So we set off hitchhiking. Now, the thing with Bill, he never washed. Now, if, if, you, if I can give you any wisdom as an old man, don't share a small tent with a bloke who doesn't wash. We, so we ended up camping uh, somewhere with a view to going to the Isle of Wight the next day. We were down on the South Coast. When we woke up, it turned out we'd camped in a boys' grammar school playground <laughs> by young guys, right? And by that time, I had convinced Bill to, to put his feet out the, front, the back of the tent because I couldn't stand the smell. And this, so we, the long and the short of it was, um, we never got to the Isle of Wight.
4: Who was the imposter in that situation? You or Bill?
2: Well, I, I don't. I didn't feel like an imposter, really. I, I, I you know, I don't think back on it. How innocent can you be? <laughs> uh, you know, the risk of being asphyxiated by bad feet. How you know was the hey, worst look, thing. That you but oh, that might be one of my <laughs> favourite stories I've ever heard on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I mean, I actually hadn't heard that one back in quite a while. See, I had. I listened to it the other week. Genuinely, absolutely brilliant. And it just, <laughs> I mean, the guy had. So, so many stories. It's brilliant. you know, isn't he? I, and that's it. The other thing that I took from, and just to go serious for a brief second, what an amazing attitude, you know. It's mm. like nearly seventy, which he, which he is. I think he's seventy this year or mm. next year. To have that zest for life still gives me so much hope. That's absolutely for my the future word for it, isn't it? That's the I, word. and I know that I always age does not matter. You have to be youthful in your decisions and yeah. your life and your and your inner working of your absolutely you can't just be like oh I'm ageing so I must feel old don't live youthfully live vicariously live in the moment yeah and that's what that episode taught me so much I never so- want to be that boring old person mm. just you know doesn't commit to anything yeah and we alluded and, to it as well didn't yeah. we
1: We alluded to in terms of the decisions I've made recently and mm. and, and through no fault of anybody's and, and how brilliant people were but it just you know the, the, his words his words have stuck with me and we've done 11 episodes of this podcast and every single one has hit me in a different way mm. but you're so right like I really did for a good 24 48 hours just really just sort of permeate on what he said in that episode and Zest for life is a phrase that's thrown around so often, but it really was that. He really yeah. just had such a passion.
0: And Matthew had changed careers three times. Mm. You know? To at, very different things. Very different things. And I think for you, and I know we've spoken about it already, but for anyone who's thinking about changing careers, just try it. Yeah. Try it. You never know what's gonna happen. Mm. You might like it, you might not. But yeah. the bravest thing you've done is made that decision. Absolutely. And and, yeah. and he's and he's a great example of that. And just consider it. And consider how you've how you felt about also, it. Also, I bet he was fucking laughing a night out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the bottom line as well, isn't it? That story is just so extraordinary. I can't, I can't, I can't actually get my head round. Um, and, and you know, Matthew and, and Rose, if you're listening, and, and you were fabulous guests. Thank you so much, as all of our guests were. But Matthew and Rose, if you're listening, you will have noticed when you listened back that there were so many things that I'm sure you remember saying that we just didn't include because there was just so much great stuff. And the stories just kept on coming, and um, I'm, I'm so thrilled we got to hear that one back again from Matthew, so, so thank you so much. I mean, I think it goes without saying that we've had some absolutely brilliant stories. I'd love to do some honourable mentions, but there, there are almost too many honourable mentions to, to go through. But from, from episode one right the way through to episode 11, we have had some truly remarkable stories. We've also had, Dunks, Yeah, some truly remarkable little games mm. throughout the series. We have. And what you're about to hear, listeners, on the other side of our hyper-catchy jingle is our little debate and then our final decision on what are our top three millennial moans.
0: Oh, and the winner. The not just the top three. The winner. Well,
1: by association, they'll be a number one. I mean, I'm not just going to go, the top sake. three are, and then leave God. it. That was supposed to be... A- anyway... Link
3: over.
0: (laughs) 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 You're listening to the Quarter Live Chronicles. Don't forget to like and follow on Instagram and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Cheers, guys. So, we're going to end our little finale episode with how we always ended our previous episodes, which was with the Game. <laughs> um, but you know i'm not gonna bore you all with the time capsule entries for hours and hours we'll be here all week but of course we did have a ranking game of some sort in where we had our we millennial moans. we did we did and we had 11 of them we did and we can't just leave 11 moans just sat there no we have to give some kind of structure in the award ceremony, literally no one has been waiting for. This is the <laughs> Millennial Moan Awards, Season 1, 2021. So, in my best X Factor voice, I'm going to read the nominations for the Millennial Moan. <laughs> All right, here we twi- go. Uh, season 1, 2021.
6: Emily Burster! People who pretend to adult too much! <laughs> Andy Baker! Generation Z's who have discarded the emoji slash gift slash those things. Martha. Running improvement or lack of running improvement. Kieran. People who think gelato and ice cream are the same thing. Simone. Shit Wi-Fi. Grant. When waiters take your mate's plates away while you're still eating. (laughs) Chloe! The pressure to post good quality social media. Doug! Every kind of alarm clock. (laughs) (laughs) Becky! The main body of the household hoover not doing what it's supposed to do. Matthew! Matthew! Your call is important to us. And the hold music when you're on the phone. Rose. Overused social media captioning. Hashtag throwback Thursday. Alice. Avocados. Bengi. highbrow objections to totally justified things. E.g. pot noodles, reality TV and Eurovision. And lastly, oh
3: God.
6: Owen.
1: <laughs> Generation Z's moaning about shit. <laughs> so, that's wow. the end of the ep. I, mean, I, I feel like we didn't think through the fact that you're going to have to read them all out. Like the guy who does hey the X Factor
0: announcements. Hey look. We had a good
1: time. So, good time. Lyle, let's discuss. Any, any that jump out to you there? Well, I mean, should we name... I mean, okay, it goes without saying, first things first. All 11, yeah. or all 14 rather, absolutely magnificent. Good maths Really, really genuinely fabulous to hear so many brilliant millennial moans. We haven't actually established how best it is to do this. I mean, I Why don't not... we
0: both pick a top three?
1: And then, if... and then we'll debate. Okay. And we'll fight. So for... do our
0: third places first.
1: Okay. For me, third place, I might have to go with Becky Hoover. Main body of the Hoover. Okay. Not doing its thing.
0: Okay. So we'll do your second as well. Let's do 3-2-1. Do... That's okay.
1: okay. Second place for me. Yep. People calling ice cream gelato and gelato ice cream. Okay. From from Mr. Kieran Banerjee. Yep. And for me my favourite millennial moan yep. was Your call is important to us. And just the way he delivered
0: that. Yep. So I they're, they're my top three. On mine mine are very similar. Right, okay. My third place is Highbrow objections to totally justified things. That
1: was an honourable mention for
0: me. For example, people who have an issue with people eating pot noodle. <laughs> people who have an issue with people who watch Eurovision? I agree. You only know say to someone, "I watch. I'm watching Eurovision this weekend." They give you a look, like why are you watching Eurovision because yeah. I fucking want to. Do one. So do one. Just everyone. do one. It's very hard between two and one. Because my similar honourable. I'm gonna mention go. go I'm gonna go, be... go to the body of the Hoover. Right. And I'm not biased because I also have the same stress. With the Hoover that Becky does, I find it so annoying. And When I have to Hoover at any job I do, I hate every minute of trying to drag the body around said room. Sure, but my winner as well has to be your call is important to us. Your call is important. The to delivery was magnificent, and the whole music that come accompan- like the lack of musical quality in the whole music. I think I think I think the way it was delivered as well. You know, you know what? Yeah, that's our winner. This debate is gonna be very quick. Which why, is rare for the UK. Why,
1: why, don't, why don't I agree in sort of, you know, a very humble and a very sensible manner to switch my two and three? Mm. And why don't we have a joint third yep. of Kieran, gelato and ice cream. Yep.
0: And highbrow objections. Bengi,
1: highbrow objections.
0: Yep. Second place Becky,
3: Hoover. Second
1: place Becky with the Hoover. Thank you. And uh, Matthew Trustman with yep. his incredible millennial moan. Your call is important to us.
0: And awful hold music awful hold music shall we just for you listeners give you a treat one final time of Matthew Trussman's fantastic rant here for you now
1: your call is important to us <laughs>
0: we can assure you
2: okay so we have a dog and this dog is a lovely creature the only time it freaks out is if I happen to be on the phone to a well-known telecoms company and I get held up by the call centre And this is no word of a lie. The dog actually wants to leave the room. This is absolutely true. In fact, if my wife and I are having an argument, we know if it's serious because the dog wants to leave the room, quite often we're having an argument. The dog just wants to stay there because we're not really arguing. So the thing that I'm really pissed off about is when someone says, your call is important to us because it's a complete fucking lie. If that call was important they would have paid enough people to answer the goddamn phones wouldn't they so you think about it they're actually explicitly lying to you you're not important to them you're getting paid minimum wages the poor bugger who's gone answer that phone is going to get all the shit and anger i've got about whatever the phone number problem is and the poor bugger's on probably just about the, the minimum wage your call is important to me or us, rather. What a load of toss. And the second thing is, get rid of the bloody music. For God's sake. It's bad enough telling me that the cause is important when I have to listen to some whirling shitty thing at, at an impossible acoustic level with no bass or mid-range in it. Do me a favour. I'll have silence, please. Thank you. I mean, so okay, much I, of that
0: is just brilliant. I have so much to say, but we don't have the time. I, mean, I, <laughs> so... love, it. I love it all. I love
1: no. it. All. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, to relive that, but I have to say, and I hope these words don't sound hollow whatsoever. We had fourteen
0: magnificent. Oh, words. I mean, I mean, all of them were valid, and all of them were equally deserving but you know the standard was exceptionally high we have to go with our personal preference you know exceptionally high. things that connect with us as people no i'm joking it was completely
1: <laughs> hot. Um, and um and, and i would like to say thank you to all of our guests yeah. for for also yeah. and it, honestly this is a really important thing to mention yes we had a great time mm. we had a good laugh mm. with the millennial moans we gave as i mentioned earlier on smoke and mirrors they're going out the window we gave our guests a few days to think about their millennial moments and they honestly prepared so brilliantly and yeah. and, and fantastically and for that we are very very we grateful.
0: also we you know we're a new podcast and you know we're not gonna lie we've worked hard yes for no money but our guests also didn't come on and didn't get any money absolutely and to give up your time during a very stressful period and just to be so open and honest with us for a good two hours most of them we thank you so much Magnificent. and we can't Thank you enough for doing that free of charge. I'm, you know, I wish we had some ridiculous offshore tax accounts that we could oh, pay you with. If only. But alas, we're good citizens. So <laughs> I can't say the word citizens. But... You didn't think that one through, did citizens, you, before you said it? Citizens. <laughs> thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Also, if
1: these results, much as I know you are all lovely, genteel, fabulous people who will be celebrating the achievements of our top four as it was if also these results leave you with a tinge of bitterness and a tinge of disappointment, mm. come back on and prove why you should have been in the top three. Because actually, we would love to have our guests back on as well. That's important to say. Mm. One of these days, further down the line, let's chat more about yeah, how, course, you are your, how you are with your situation, your career, how you are with your millennial moans. You might have something else to moan about, which we would love to hear. Mm. However, as a final treat in this episode 12, of The Course Life Chronicles. Thank you so much, listeners, for being with us. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear some amazing feedback, and we're delighted to be back once again. We will not leave it this long again, I promise. We will be back fitter. ooh uh, um, In a final treat, this, episode 12. We've decided, in a sort of a departure from tradition, in that we've not really prepared anything, Mm. we're going to do our millennial moans. Now, we're not entering into the competition because A, we know they're going to be terrible, and B... It's just not fair, is it? Yeah. Uh, because we're the judge jury. And mm-hmm. uh, I won't say the other thing. But yeah. um, I, would, uh, I would like to ask one, Duncan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. What is your contribution to the League of Millennial Moners? Fire away.
0: Right. So, there are lots of things that annoy me. But I think because I've been inside for so long, I've forgotten how much I hate this thing. <laughs> because we haven't done a lot of it. Right. But I hate everything associated with queuing <laughs> now that's not to say I don't enjoy queuing I will queue for something but don't take the fucking piss some people the amount of queue hopping I've witnessed queue hopping makes me seethe with anger like in no other country in the world do they queue like nowhere else everyone just goes in <laughs> there's no queue in England we're obsessed in the UK sorry we're obsessed with queuing everything has to have a queue even when you're on the internet, you're in a queue. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Just let me in. <laughs> because we're not designed to queue. We're not. Humans aren't designed to queue. <laughs> you have to look at like, when you queue for a gig, or like you queue for a... But everyone wants to get in. They must get in. Yeah. What are you getting in for? It won't start till you're all in. <laughs> People like like, even at the airport, this is the... Oh, God. oh. I'm so, I'm so right. here with you here. This is where it gets (laughs) Speedy boarding Speedy boarding The plane won't Fucking leave Until everyone's on Why do you want to Skip the queue What's the point What are you getting That no one else is getting Oh I get first dibs No you've got a ticket You have to sit While you've been booked So why are you bothered About getting on first Oh it's so Infuriating The obsession With And the queue politics Like oh when you get Into a queue and you go, oh, are you in the queue? I know you. I, sorry, I was here first. I'll just piss off. So we all just go in.
2: <laughs>
0: I also feel like it's
1: something that people... Because I, I take your point entirely and i totally there with you. But your, your moan is well placed, I think, because you are so against queuing and, and hate queuing so hate much it. that you're not going to queue. Yeah. There are some people who get in a queue specifically to moan complain about yeah. queuing. about the queue but it's like but you don't have don't to be in there. that queue I don't
0: want to be there the other thing is like like the more irritating is like you have to pay to queue quicker <laughs> that infuriates me yeah like oh I'm at Thorpe Park or other amusement park they are available <laughs> but not as good <laughs> Would you like to pay £50 for a quicker ticket to get on Colossus? Yes, I fucking would, but I don't want to pay money. I just want to get on the ride. Can I not just queue faster? Yeah, can I just do your job better and get me on the ride quicker? Get the fucking train around the track quicker. I don't want to be here. I just want to experience this. Life is this frustrating thing, but I feel like when I go abroad, it doesn't happen. No. No one queues. No. Why do they not queue? What have they got that we haven't got? In America, they don't queue. Ugh. They don't queue in America. There just seems to be like... I've spent a good proportion of my day waiting. Mm. I don't want to wait. I haven't got the time. No. Life's short. No. Imagine the amount of time we've spent queuing in our lives. I, that upsets me. 30% of my <laughs> life has probably been spent queuing. Anyway, look, I've gone well over a minute. But you know what I mean. No, I, th- I thought it was fabulous. It's infuriating. It's probably necessary, but I hate it. And
1: if you do queue, and if you queue... If you're going
0: to queue, that's what I mean. If you're going to queue... Cue nicely. Yeah. Don't be a Karen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't be a fucking... I just d- knew. Don't that be a Karen. Going with it. I'm sorry. Did you see? There was a tweet the other day. <laughs> and it was... Um, it was someone... Someone complained. Someone tweeted, like, Sainsbury's. Other oh, supermarkets are available. Someone tweeted Sainsbury's being like, I bought 12 sausage rolls, but I yeah. only got 11. Yeah. And then someone, Sainsbury's replied And said "Uh, Hi Anna, really sorry about that But you have to know that this is all done in a warehouse And we have no control over what happens here in the supermarket But we will endeavour To correct your query as soon as we possibly can Karen And then someone replied to the tweet Bit harsh, harsh, Sainsbury's Calling her a Karen And then Sainsbury's replied The name of the operative is Karen
0: No word of a lie And this is definitely going (laughs) in The other day, right, I was at my other job, I'm not gonna say what it was. I was working. Woman comes in. Oh, you need to fill in the uh, track and trace. Uh, you just scan your app in. <sighs> There's a response I got. So, like, okay. We don't have the app, that's fine. We'll take your contact number and your name. Can you write down that piece of paper for me? <sighs> oh God, All right, okay. She writes it down. Puts it, gives it to me. She walks away. I look at it. 077. Carol. Seven. Karen. Karen. <laughs> Honestly, no other like I told her to write her full name, but she just wrote Karen. She just wrote <laughs> <Karen>. <laughs> And her number. I mean it was couldn't be more perfect. Right, so i right. and it, it was a moment. And I'm sorry to all Karen's out I yeah. know it's I know it's bad. I know it's horrible. There's and lovely I'm, Karen's in the world, but
1: I know a Karen and she's she's fantastic, she's great. right? Right, but Did you see that thing as well that was on like this morning where they were like calling in like this whole thing and like Karens were calling in to complain about people
0: calling people Karen. It's like, is that not the most Karen thing you ever heard? Um, But that's what I mean. When you're queuing, right, the last thing you want when you're queuing is a Karen. Yeah. Like we just want to get in. We don't want someone making a fuss. No. That slows the process down. No, all day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're queuing, we don't want faff. No. I just want this queue to move. Yeah. A queue should be moving. Yeah. It shouldn't be still. One hundred percent. There's a reason why it's still, and it's probably someone's fault. One hundred percent. Anyway, Lyle. Yes. We digressed. Yes. Lyle, what is your contribution to this season's <laughs> League of Millennial Minds?
1: I've truly never thought this day would come, honestly, <laughs> and that's why I'm uh, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared at all. Wow, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I'm quite aroused. By <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, my my contribution as a League of Millennial Minds is quite simple and also quite abstract and quite complicated. Okay. Devil. I cannot stand people, be them individuals or families yep. or couples or whatever label you might choose yep. to associate with an individual or group of people, yep. I can't stand people who do their weekly shop yep. and process said weekly shop
0: yep.
1: at a self-checkout machine.
0: <laughs>
1: it fucks me off, Right. I cannot tell you the number of times I've been in a Sainsbury's or a Tesco's. I mean, God forbid a Boots or a, a Waitrose or right, Lyle. a Morrison's. I can, I can I can I can rattle them all off, <laughs> M&S. right? Honestly, yeah, Menoss. Right, honestly, it fills me the with just a deep sense of not just dread but like hateful anger. I actually I look at them, yeah. When I see, look, there's a basket label above the self checkout area mm-hmm. sometimes. it's six. It used to be this whole six items or more. Yes. You used to sort of, you know, when you are a kid, you'd like sneak up and go, I've got seven. It's like, no one gives a fuck. Like, you know, they're working yeah. and you're 12. Yeah. Like, get a grip, right? right? But that's obviously gone, right? But it's a self checkout area, right? Now, with everything going on in the last 18 months, you've got the screens, you've got the operatives there. Operatives, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're, they not, are they're, not, they're not MI5, but do you know what I mean? They're like, you know, you've got, you've got the people who are working there, yeah. right? All I want to do is buy a meal deal.
0: Yeah. It'd
1: more often than like nine times out of ten, it's a meal deal. Right? Lunch, whatever. And I see, honestly, <laughs> these people who just do their weekly shop. And there's someone behind the till. Like, yeah. And don't get me wrong, they probably don't want to do the shop. right? They don't, they don't want to scan it in. They don't want to do it because, obviously, they're self checkout machines. But, honest to God, the farce, the, the sheer theatre behind doing your fucking weekly shop on a self checkout machine. Right. Let, let's get into brass tax here.
0: No, it's let's, serious when Lars has brass right, tacks. Right, let's
1: get into brass tax here, right? Let me just establish, right? I'm not really great at measurements sort of, you know, off the cuff, right? But let's yeah. establish, right, that your self-checkout bagging area is approximately a foot and a half long by half a foot wide by a foot tall, right? With your little bag hanging area there, right? You have possibly £100 to £130 pounds worth of shopping there, mm-hmm. right? You got your... Toiletries, you got your veg, you got your meat, you got your your amenities like you know your kitchen roll. You got you got your washing up liquid, right? The first bag goes down, and it's like right, brilliant. I've packed what is a sensible amount of shopping for a self checkout machine into one bag. That bag, because there's no more space on the self checkout area, has to come off the bagging area. So then the machine because it's made using fucking dial-up technology, because these machines are shit, turns around and goes, something's left the bagging area. No fucking shit. Because this idiot needs another fucking bag to put their next load of weekly shopping. And this happens five times, right? Eventually, a self-checkout employee has to go and sort of stand by the person doing their weekly shop like they're selling them a suit. Like they're sort of there, like... You know, does this bag suit you, sir? (laughs) Right? Does this bag suit you? I'll put another bag down, shall I? And you can keep doing this while this guy, who just wants to buy a fucking ham and cheese sandwich, sits there, minute by minute, it does my head in. And look, I apologise for this, right? But I don't really. There's so much more urgency from people who only have four things to buy. Yep. People who do their weekly shopping in these self-checkout areas have no urgency whatsoever. And it's just bag... After bag, after bag, unexpected item in the bagging area. Yeah. Oh, it just does my nutting. And you can ask Alice, I get almost publicly irate about it to the point where I sort of chunter. <laughs> and I apologise for the use of the word chunter, but it's exactly
0: what I do. I, what it is, I can't is like, stand it. I absolutely adore this last <gasps> two minutes, and I agree totally. Some people don't like to speak to other people. And so any excuse they can have to not speak to someone else is I will put a trolley in the self-service checkout area <laughs> to annoy everyone. But you wouldn't... I'm sorry. You've got a lorry. Yeah. Right? And you you look at a door yeah.
1: to a house. Yeah. You're not going to try and drive that lorry no. through mm. that door. No. So why are you going to try and fit yeah, yeah, yeah. a trolley and a half's worth of shopping on something which is a foot wide?
0: I was in a, a well-known supermarket today and I was in the queue for the... I had a lot of food so I was in the... Person checkout absolutely a woman comes up to me sorry I'm just never ahead of you in the queue I've only got a couple of things Ah, oh, forget about it she had a fucking it. florida broccoli that's all she had forget about it
1: honestly people who do their weekly shop at self checkout machines do my to use an Alice Davis ism fucking sweden uh, all right honestly and you can hear someone outside who's probably as irate as me on the streets of acton about people br- <laughs> <than other channels. laughs> uh, honest to god but that's my millennial moan and i've been waiting to get it out for lyle, 12 episodes lyle thank you, so <laughs> thank you so
0: much
1: um so there you have it listeners to the call to life chronicles thank you thank you so much honestly i speak for both of us and i'm sure he'll let me do it this time I speak for both of us when I say, the feedback has been incredible. I have to say, and Dunks will also agree with this, that we have been so heartened by the number of people who have also really wanted us to sort of come back with another episode. Yeah, I think, and... Really lovely.
0: We haven't been ignoring you. We're sorry it's taken this long. Life got in the way, and life is just getting going again for, for all of us. So Absolutely. So please forgive us. We will be back. We will be back. Fitter.
1: I love this new saying. I mean, I feel like there's going to be some trouble down the line in terms of the
0: commerciality As they say in in America, we backfitter this fall. This fall. (laughs) (laughs) Be ready. (laughs) This fall. We will return in the autumn, and we can't wait to get going. Everybody listening, thank you so much for all your support. Enjoy your fucking summer. You Enjoy. deserve it. Enjoy. And <laughs> um,
1: thank you so much for supporting the podcast as well. And it goes without saying. And we've obviously included our little jingles in episode 12. Um, but we will finish by saying please continue to like, share, subscribe, follow. We will be back. We will be back fitter this far. <laughs> thank you so much, listeners. From myself, Lyle. And myself, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of love, listeners. We'll be back very, very soon. Keep an eye out for some really exciting news coming in a very, very short period of time. And we'll see you on the other side. Take care. Yeah.
0: P.S. It's coming home. <laughs> Why? Why do that? <laughs> the Court of Life
7: Chronicles With Duncan. Doug-